0: Do you want to lower your environmental footprint? I know I do. Even though I live in a camper van and on a sailboat, which are both smaller than a house, I still feel like there's so much more I can do. I use too many paper towels. I buy food with too much plastic packaging. I'm always looking for ways I can do better. In this episode, we talk to Michael Bartz, who built his very own off-grid tiny house in Canada so he could reduce his environmental footprint. Michael walks us through his tiny house and tells us the ways he cuts back. Also, he has tips for you, even if you don't live tiny just yet. Let's go. Welcome to the Wayward Home Podcast, all about van life, boat life, and nomadic living. We'll bring you tips, interviews, and stories from the road and on the water. Now, here's your host, Kristen Hayes. I'm Kristen Haynes, and welcome to Episode 8 of the Wayward Home Podcast. I live part of the year in a camper van and part on a sailboat in Mexico, and I hope to inspire you to pursue your tiny living dreams. Today's episode is all about tiny living as a way to lower our environmental footprint and how one man built his own tiny house to do just that. Let's go take a look around.
1: So welcome to my tiny house.
0: Michael Bartz and his partner live on a small farm in Alberta, surrounded by evergreen trees.
1: There's actually a few owls that live on the property, so we'll see hear some hoo-hooing once in a while, which is nice.
0: The house is completely off-grid, built of black metal and cedar siding.
1: So you've got a very modern look, some natural, some industrial.
0: In the front is the galley-style kitchen with oak countertops built out of recycled hardwood flooring that Michael found on the farm. There's a large basin sink and a brass faucet.
1: To the left, there's the gas range, so it's a Furion stove. It's it's 12-volt and it's propane, and we use that to do all our cooking as well as using a lot of non-electrical appliances.
0: He has a fridge that runs off the tiny house's solar system, the perfect size for two people. The living room is L-shaped. The couches double as storage. So much in this 200-square-foot home is meant to make the best use of space. I also
1: have a the oak hardwood flooring as my table. And that table is a, a modular table in that it actually is several boxes that I built out of metal and I put them down and it actually makes a queen-sized guest bed. A
0: spiral staircase leads up to a landing and a loft with the bed and the bathroom is on the side of the tiny house trailer where the hitch is located. Under the bathroom is where Michael stores his fresh and gray water tanks.
1: And now I'm in the bathroom and I'm looking to the left and that's where our composting toilet is in the the southwest corner and it's got quite a bit of room like I said I've got seven feet by five feet in the bathroom so it's quite a spacious bathroom and it's, uh, it's a nice area with the toilet there.
0: The entire tiny house is bright and open, with skylights and white interior paint. What's the most impressive is that Michael built this house himself over a period of four years. I
1: built the countertops, I built the hinges for the cabinets, I built the trailer. So there was a lot of effort that went into it, a lot of sweat equity, so it, it took a lot longer than I thought it would.
0: The off-grid house runs on solar power, 590 watts to be exact, with a 2,000-watt inverter and six 6-volt six batteries. What I
1: ended up doing was I actually mounted the panels together on a hinging system, and it actually tracks the sun, so right now we're in winter mode, and I have the, the panels at almost 90 degrees on the roof. And I noticed that was a huge difference in our in our solar output.
0: Michael has always been an environmentalist and really wanted to live more in lockstep with the outside world.
1: Yeah, so environmentalism is always an important part of my life. And going tiny for me was a way to lower my environmental footprint because living in a smaller house, you're using fewer resources to, first of all, build the house, but also heating it and potentially cooling it. And that was a, a way that I could lower my environmental footprint when it came to housing. And and also, for me, it's also about walking the talk. So living in a tiny house says, I'm an environmentalist, I care about the planet, I want to save the planet, and so I'm drastically altering my lifestyle in order to do that. And if I can do this, if I can live in, it's actually 200 square feet, if me and actually my partner can live in this house together and be happy and be comfortable, and we are reducing our, our carbon footprint then, hey, you can do it too. So part of it was also living my values and then showing that to other people.
0: He decided to go tiny in his late 20s. He wanted to redesign his life, away from a 9-to-5 job and toward more creative pursuits. He also wanted to travel. When he started researching tiny homes, he knew that was the right thing for him to do.
1: Looking online and, and doing some research, I, I discovered tiny living and tiny houses. And, and for me, it was kind of the the best of, of all those things because I could... Build my own home. I could learn how to do that and and have a, a big project that could keep me very busy and very um, engaged. And then also, I could travel with the house, so I wasn't really tied down to a specific place. So that was very attractive to me. And, and of course, doing it myself, keeping the cost down, that was also a, a great thing. So I was not going
0: into debt. He said moving into such a small house with his partner wasn't as challenging as he thought.
1: And we moved on to a farm just east of the city where I built the house. And one nice thing about that is there is a, a small garage on the property. There's some other buildings. So although we did have to downsize and get rid of a lot of things, there was some flexibility in that we can put our bicycles in the garage or we can put a few Rubbermaid storage containers in there and not to have to have... of our things in the tiny house.
0: Michael thinks about the environment every step of the way now. He lives deliberately, aware of how his choices impact the natural world. One way he tries to reduce his footprint is by using as little electricity as possible. Yeah,
1: so we have, we're on propane for our heat and our our cooking. So I purposely try to limit the amount of electronic appliances we have to use, especially in the kitchen, because those can use a lot of power. Like a toaster, for example, uses a lot of power. So I Pared that down, I have a, I have a stovetop toaster that I use that a lot of people use in, in boats and vans and tiny houses. Uh, a stovetop popcorn popper, everything's stovetop, so we use a little more propane, but that really lowers our electronic use.
0: They're also hyper-aware of their water usage. This is also something I've experienced living in a camper van and on a sailboat. Every bit counts, and you can't just leave the faucet running when doing dishes like you might in a house. In fact, to get his allotment of H2O, Michael fills a 72-gallon cistern with water he gets from the farm, which they use for cooking, drinking, dishes, and showering.
1: And that lasts about a week or so. So once a week, I, I haul the water in and then just a, a gravity feed into the tank, and then, then we drain it out into a gray water system. So it's uh, it definitely makes us consider how much water we're using, and we definitely conserve water as much as possible.
0: They also have an on-demand water heater built to save.
1: When I want hot water, actually, I just turn the valve and I have it plumbed back into my freshwater tank. And so in that way, I just turn the diverter on and it's a, a closed loop kind of cycle where it's heating the water up. And that water is actually going back into my freshwater tank. So by using that, I'm heating the water, but I'm not wasting any water.
0: And their toilet uses no water. It's a separate composting toilet.
1: What we like about the separate is that it just separates that solid and liquid matter. It, you have the solid matter that now you can dispose of. You can bury it. You can use it for composting eventually, if you like. And it's a very clean setup. It's very discreet. It looks great. So we really enjoyed that, that um that toilet and it works well it's on the 12 volt system so it works well in, in an off-grid situation. Another
0: thing about living tiny is that people like us don't really buy stuff. I got rid of almost all my stuff several years ago and I'm hesitant to buy more. In fact, I keep on downsizing as often as possible both in my camper van and on the sailboat. Michael feels the same way.
1: And the things we buy there's that, you know, buy me once kind of philosophy where you're going to buy something that lasts and that's quality. I'd much rather buy a a cast iron pan that's going to last me the rest of my life than have a a cheap frying pan with a plastic handle that eventually is going to wear out in a few years and I have to try to recycle those things and there's a a waste stream there. So buying good quality things and and trying to get those, again, things that are going to last longer.
0: Michael thinks if you do feel like you need something, check out used items first.
1: If there's something I have to have, I can't do without then I look at, is there a way I can get that used first? Is someone selling a used item online? Are they having, is it used? So now that thing, even your tiny house, if you could find a used tiny house, now all those resources that went into that item are are already there. So you're not actually increasing your environmental impact and then you're reducing your waste by that thing potentially wouldn't be going into a landfill because you're making good use of it. If
0: you aren't quite ready to go tiny, that's okay. There are ways to cut down on your environmental footprint while living in a normal house.
1: Looking at your utilities and and turning down the thermostat or or getting energy-efficient appliances or light bulbs or turning off your lights and ways that you can reduce your utilities is going to lower your impact as well. And like we talked about, looking at your... Buying and traveling habits as well. That's a huge thing because, yes, your your house is there. You have to live in a house for sure. But do you have to have this huge trip? Maybe again with the van life, that's a bit different because you have to drive. But do you have to take a, a cross country trip? And instead of driving, hey, maybe maybe you bike. Um, my partner Sarah and I this this summer we did a, a bike trip, uh, five hundred kilometers round trip. Uh, instead of driving to our location, we, we biked from the farm to uh, Fernie, B.C. is where we were in British Columbia, looking at how you travel. Are you using public transportation? Because That's going to be a, a, a more environmentally friendly way of traveling. And by slowly adding these things into your life, you're lowering your environmental impact, but you're also potentially preparing yourself for that tiny living. So it's not such a shock when you get into the tiny house or the van and you have to get rid of all your stuff and stop buying things and and to try to ease that transition.
0: If Michael's story has intrigued you and you're interested in tiny house living, he said it's not really always necessary to take that extra step and go off grid.
1: Although it's good to be off grid, how we create our power is also important. So a lot of the northwestern states, some of the northeastern states are powered by hydroelectricity. So actually that power is relatively clean. So if you're living in in some of those states, you potentially could be plugging into the grid and that's not going to have as big of an environmental impact as as you think it will. A lot of the um, central United States are still coal powered, so you wouldn't want to be plugged into the grid there. But do a little research and see where you're living and, and how you're getting your power. So if that is a barrier that not to feel so bad about that. Maybe, yes, you want to eventually get off-grid, but getting into a tiny house, especially in a a state that has cleaner electricity, is actually as good for the environment as as you being off-grid because there's also the resources of the panels and the batteries and shipping those things and all of that stuff. So something to take into consideration when you're wanting to minimize your environmental impact.
0: He said the important thing is just start living in a tiny house, any tiny house.
1: Strive for getting into a tiny house and something that works for you. So maybe that's buying a tiny house that's already made. Maybe that's getting someone to build you your tiny house. Maybe you're, again, on we're on a farm and there's a few other buildings. So you don't have to pare everything down. You don't think I have to own three shirts and one pair of pants. Get the house, get into it, start living in it, and then figure out how that fits into your life. If you
0: want to learn more about environmentalism and how it fits into our lives, Michael has his own podcast called In Over My Head.
1: And I called it that because that's how I felt when I thought about environmentalism. So although I am downsizing and living tiny and lowering my environmental impact, when I when I got into the tiny house, I thought, great, I'm doing that. But then all of a sudden I thought, well, then, yeah, there's the clothes, there's the transportation, there's the things I'm buying. And that made me feel overwhelmed, it made me feel in over my head. So in that, that was the inspiration for my show. And it's an interview-style podcast where I actually reach out to environmental experts and I ask them about the questions that we've been talking about in a more more scientific research-based way and that, okay, how does this thing impact my my environmental footprint and
0: of course i'll put a link to michael's show in the show description and on the show notes just go to the waywardhome.com forward slash episode eight all right michael thanks so much for coming on the show today and telling us your journey into living tiny yeah thanks for having me Kristen. michael has made huge changes to his life to impact the environment positively It gives me hope to hear about people like this because it's something I think about regularly as well. How much water I'm using? How much plastic packaging is on the things I buy? What sort of waste am I adding to landfills? One thing I love about sailboat living is that it's mostly entirely off grid. We try to use the wind to move as often as possible, and we make our own water with a water maker and solar to power every electronic need on the boat. I know there are places I can improve as well, like not using as much plastic and paper towels. I'm working on it. I hope this podcast inspires you to take a look at your own life and find places where you can cut down on using so many resources, even if you don't live in a tiny house. Just imagine the change we could make if everyone did something small to love their impact and help the planet. As always, thanks so much for listening to the Wayward Home podcast. To check out more about Michael and to find his podcast, just go to thewaywardhome.com forward slash episode eight. Also, to connect with other like-minded people who also crave a new version of the American dream, join my Facebook group. Just go to thewaywardhome.com forward slash Facebook. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great week.